Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my buddy here, Cole Shelton, to break down UFC Moscow. Pretty good card for a fight night, some interesting fights, uh, a lot of UFC newcomers, but overall, pretty good card, Cole. What are your overall thoughts on the card, just looking at it? Yeah, it's a good morning, afternoon card again for us North American fans. Obviously, you have the Russian and a lot of Russian fighters, a lot of European fighters, given it is in Russia, but some really entertaining fights and some good Weird and good matchmaking on this card as well. Yeah, I should mention the card, I believe, starts at 11 a.m. Eastern. So early card, uh, which I prefer, personally. We get to have our Saturdays to do whatever we want. All right, so let's start with this uh, prelims here and work our way up. We have quite a few fights on this card. I think it's 13 fights. Yeah, 13 fights on the card. We'll start with the uh, bottom work our way up, as always. First fight of the night, according to Topology is a bandway belt between Gregory Popov and Davy Grant. O- opening odds had uh, Popov minus 230, Grant plus 170. Right now we have Popov minus 190, Grant plus 165. Who's your pick? Yeah, I think this is a fight. They're both fighting for their UFC career here. Obviously, Davy Grant's Owen Ernie. He has a, it's a, strange enough, he has a win over Marlon Vera back in 2016, but I don't know, he hasn't looked that impressive. He's one and three with the only win over Vera. And he's coming off two losses in a row, and he hasn't fought often. He fought in 2016, lost, and then he didn't fight till 2018. He hasn't fought since. Popov is coming off that disappointing loss to Eddie Wineland. I know a lot of people thought he's going to win that. I favor Popov here. I've just been more impressed with him in his career. Obviously, he has more power, I think. I think Grant's problem is his ground game, so I don't think it's going to get to the ground, but I think Popov's going to edge out a decision win. You know, honestly, I would have picked Grant a few years ago, but this guy barely fights. That's the problem with him. He just doesn't fight that often. He's 33 years old now, too, Cole. And since he came to the UFC in 2013, he's had four fights. So four fights in six years. That's that's ridiculous. He does have that win over Vera. He actually looked really good in that fight. I remember that fight pretty well. Vera kept trying to grab the fence because he kept taking him down. But other than that, he's been finished in three fights against Bermuda, Stasiak, and Holdsworth. I don't know if Popov is going to finish him on the ground because he's more of a striker from what I've seen. He does have a ground. He has a couple of Google Platters, though. Like that, that is definitely his calling card, the Google Platter. But the fight with Eddie Wineland, he got beaten to the punch in that fight. Wineland was obviously a bad matchup for him. Wineland, a very experienced guy, a lot of knockout power and a good chin. So I think that was probably a bad matchup looking back. But, you know, this guy is 35. I don't like that about him. But uh, I do think he is probably the better fighter at this point in their career. So my picks, Gregory Popoff to get the win here. I wouldn't bet on this fight, though. I don't really trust either guy. Personally, I would pass on this one and move on to the next one, which is a. Women's bandway bow between Jessica Rose Clark and Panny Kanzad. This is actually a rematch. They fought before. They fought in Invicta in 2015. Kanzad won a decision. Right now, or excuse me, the opening odds had Clark open at minus 180, Kanzad plus 140 as a dog. And right now we have a very tight line here. Clark minus 115, Kanzad minus 105. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is an interesting fight. I haven't been impressed with either of their UFC run. Kanzad obviously lost to Macy Shiasan and the ultimate top 20 finale no shame in that and then she was cut which was kind of strange got away and then brought back on 239 lost to julia via who uh, i'm pretty high on it's a close fight i favor kianza just because she has the win over rose clark and she's been more active uh clark hasn't fought since june of 2018 it's a long layoff i just think kianza will get another decision win here i kind of lean towards kianza too i just think her wrestling will probably be the difference here i think she's probably just a little bit of a better grappler but Clark definitely, I think, has the striking advantage. It's going to be a close fight, Cole. Again, not the fight I personally want to like lay kind of my own money on, personally. I know some people probably would want to bet on this fight because it is a pick of mine, so you just have to get the fight right and you'll do pretty well. But 
Yeah, I think it's going to be close. I could see like a, a split decision possibly. It's going to be a super close fight. I think he ends up very, very slightly the win decision, but it's not really a fight that, again, I'm rushing to the window to put my money on. Next up, a lightweight bow between Alexander Yakovlev and Roosevelt Roberts. Opening odds had Roberts minus 165, Yakovlev plus 125. Right now we have Roberts minus 170, Yakovlev plus 150. Who's your pick? I like Roosevelt Roberts here. Obviously, the last fight was disappointing against uh, Vink Pichel. I just think Roberts will use the wrestling, get his fight down to the ground. Yakovlev is a big step up in competition from Thomas Gifford and Vink Pichel, so it's going to be interesting. Yakovlev's coming off that really impressive win with the guilty choke. Before that, lost to Zach Cummins and Kamaru Usman. No shame in either of those losses. He's fought tough guys like Damian Maya, but I'm really, I'm still really high on Roberts. I picked him to beat Pichel. I, it was a disappointing performance, and I still think he gets back in the win column here. Yeah, I picked him in that fight too. I've been pretty high on him since I saw him on Contender Series, but that fight definitely worried me about him. Um, Pichel, I don't think he's a great fighter person. I think he's a very mediocre fighter, and Roberts got beaten in that fight pretty easily. So that worries me against a guy like Yakovlev, who's very experienced, who's a huge guy for this weight class. Tons of experience, like I said. He's got 36 fights compared to nine for Roberts. I don't necessarily love that. Um, he is coming off a decent win over Alex Da Silva. Like, he was getting beaten early, came back, got the guillotine. Struggled overall in the UFC, though. But he does have some, like I said, some good wins in his career. A lot of experience. Paul Daly is a big win for him earlier in his career. That's what got him signed the UFC. He's also the better rapper of the two. He's very good at that. But, uh, yeah, cool. You know, this is a tough one to call, honestly, man. I'm kind of leaning Roberts a little bit. I still believe in this guy's talent. I think he could probably win decision. But, to me, this is a pretty close fight, man. Um, I wouldn't – I've said this for the first three fights, but – this is not a fight I'd rush to the window and put money on either. I think it's super close. I wouldn't be surprised if Yakovlev could win. The fight's in Russia as well, which should probably benefit him a little bit. Close decision win here for Roberts, but not a fight that, again, that I'm super confident about. All right, next up we have an interesting welterweight belt between Abubakar Nurmagomedov and David Zawada. Opening odds had Nurmagomedov minus 245, Zawada plus 175. Right now we have Nurmagomedov minus 270, Zawada plus 130, who's 230. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a fight I think – Nurmagomedov, he's Habib's cousin. I think it's going to be a wrestling fight that he's just going to dominate David Zawada. Zawada's own two in the UFC. I haven't been impressed with his performances. He's fighting for his job. I talked him before this fight. He's like, if I lose this, I know I'm cut. Like, I have four fights on my deal, but there's no way they're keeping me around from 0 3. This is a tough style match for him. Zawada hasn't fought in, a, in a, close to a year. It's November 24th. Abdukarov hasn't fought in a year as well, though. So it's they're both coming off year-long layoffs. It's going to be interesting. Nurmagomedov is coming off the PFL run. But I just think his wrestling is going to be too much for Zawada, and he's going to win a decision here. Yeah, this is one I actually do favor the favor quite a bit. I like Nurmagomedov in this fight. I'm, I'm with you, Cole. I think this guy just out-wrestles Zawada. Zawada has had a, kind of a tough run, I think. Uh, the first fight against Dave Roberts was super close. Great fight, too. I think it went fight of the night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it did. Great fight. And it was super close, could win either way. The Jing Liang loss, though, I mean, that's not a great loss. Jing Liang's solid, don't get me wrong, but he got knocked out pretty easily in that fight. Now he takes on a wrestler, Nurmagomedov, Madoff, uh, who has quite a bit of experience in PFL and WSOF. He looked pretty good overall. He did have that one loss to Kush, which was a big upset loss. But overall, this guy's pretty solid. I think he wins via decision. I want to see if there are odds out for that. Nurmagomedov, Madoff, but decision is uh, plus minus, 130, th one, minus 135. So not bad. I think there's parlay this guy. I think he does win this fight pretty comfortably, personally. All right, next up, we have a middleweight belt between Roman Kopilov and Carl Roberson. Uh, Kopilov opened minus 190, Roberson plus 150. Right now, the odds are very close. Minus 120 for Kopilov, plus 100. Roberson, who's your pick? I like Carl Roberson as a dog here. I've just been more impressed with him. <clears throat> Kopilov's obviously 
making his UFC debut, fought in Fight Nights Global, ACB, Russian promotions. Roberson's a tough guy, coming off a win over Wellington Terman, has one over Jack Marshman, a 15-second knockout of Ryan Spann, submission went over Darren Stewart. His only losses are to Caesar for Hare and Glover and Glover Teixeira. Those aren't bad losses. The Teixeira fight was on short notice. He almost won that fight in the first round. I just think he's the better fighter overall. He's back to middleweight, more comfortable division. I think he's going to win a decision, might even be able to finish Kopolev. This one's close. I think this can go either way again. Uh, Roberson, he's looked good at times in the UFC. Time's not great. His ground game is obviously his issue. I don't know if this fight goes to the ground. I think Kopolev's more of a striker from what I've seen. Probably stays in the feet. I kind of lean towards Kopolev very, very slightly, Cole, but it's not a fight that I'm super comfortable uh, you know, recommending a play on because I think it's a close fight. It really could go either way. And the betting line is even for – it's pretty much even for a reason. Uh, slightly lean towards Kopolev. I do agree with that, but it's super, super close. Wouldn't be surprised either way. Kopilov by decision or maybe by stoppage is my pick. All right, next up we have a uh, – I think it's – is this a welterweight belt or a lightweight belt? I've, I've seen both. You know for sure. I think it's a lightweight. Let me double-check this. It's uh, Rooster Havilov against Sergei Kandosko, but I've seen both here. Uh, let me see here, UFC, Moscow. I'm going to double-check this one, Cole, because I've seen both. Um, where is this? UFC, Moscow. Why is the UFC's website so hard to like look like find stuff? It's so crazy. All right, their SEO is not very good. Um, all right, I'm gonna pull it up here. Not gonna mention it because Tapology has a lightweight, but well, Wikipedia saw it at welterweight. I yeah. think I heard weight prelims. Yeah, it's a welterweight fight. Cool, it's welterweight. UFC.com has it at welterweight, so that's what I thought it was. All right, so we have a welterweight belt between Rustin Havlov and Sergey Dosko. Again, that's going by UFC's website, so. Tapology could be right here. I don't know, though. I'm going to go by the UFC's official page or goal. So we have Rooster Havlov against Sergey Kandosko at welterweight. Uh, the opening odds had uh, Havlov minus 210, Kandosko plus 160. Right now we have Havlov minus 170, Kandosko plus 150. Who's your pick? I think there's value on Sergey Kandosko here. I've been high on him. Kavilov's coming out that disappointing loss to Freya. Moving up in weight, I guess, now because uh, as it is yeah. officially a welterweight. Kandesco's yep. going to have the size, and I'm riding a three-fight winning streak, coming off that win over Rostam Ackman, his UFC debut. Habilov just doesn't fight enough. Like He has a split over KJ Johnson, which I think was controversial because they wanted to release KJ Johnson. Then the loss to Diego Ferreira. I, I just haven't been impressed on his UFC run. I think Kandesco as a dog is a huge value here. Yeah, I'm going to make it official and go with the consensus dog here. Sergey Kandosko is my pick as well. The size advantage goal, especially at welterweight, I think it's going to help him a lot. Six foot one compared to five foot eight for Havilov. The reach actually is similar, but I just think this guy physically is a bigger frame. He's a bigger dude. He's also six years younger. Havilov turned 33 yesterday. Uh, Kandosko is 27. Kandosko, nice three fight win streak. The Roman, Rossin Ackerman, it was a good fight. He probably should have won that more dominantly, but he still got his hand raised. He has a lot of experience too. This guy has uh, 33 fights, so tons of experience. He's fought all over Europe, all over Russia. Uh, Habilov, obviously, tons of experience in the UFC. Very good fighter, 23-4 record. More of a decision machine. Very, very uh, few finishes in his career, Cole. He's mostly just a guy who grinds out decisions. I don't think it works here against Kandosko. I think Kandosko is a bad matchup for him. And at 170, I like him even more. Give me Sergey Kandosko to win decision here. The prop on that is uh, Kandosko by decision, plus 255. I do believe there's value there, Cole. I think he does win the decision here. I think it's going to be a pretty competitive fight, but I like Kandosko to get his hand raised as an underdog. Next up, we have a light heavyweight belt between Magomed Ankalab and Dalka Lugambula. Very good fighter as well. Ankalab minus 175 and Lugambula plus 135 at the open. Right now, we have uh, Ankalab's a big favorite, minus 300. Lugambula plus 250. Who's your pick? 
I like Ankleb here. I've been fairly impressed with him. Obviously, the only loss in his career is that Paul Craig, where he got caught with one second left in the submission. He was winning the entire fight. He has good wins over Maxine Grisham, Clinton Abreu last time out. Lujica, uh, obviously, Dolce, he's coming off that win over Townsend. It was a good win, but I don't know. I just wasn't too high in his performance. He didn't look as impressive, but I like Ankleb here. I think he might be able to finish this fight, but if not, it'll just win a very dominant decision. Yeah, this one is interesting. Ankalev, he's looked good in his last two fights. Well, the Precio fight was really good, but that Paul Craig fight, Cole, I saw quitting him. I don't like seeing quitting fighters because this guy tapped with one second left. He just needed to go one second longer win a one decision. That scares the hell out of me going forward. Facing a guy like Dacha, uh, Bula, who has huge knockout power, guys super explosive. That fight with Daquan Soundsend, you're right, Cole, it was a pretty competitive fight, but the way he exploded and finished that fight in the third round was unreal. This guy is extremely dangerous. He's on a nice six-fight win streak here. Give me plus 250 on Luger Bula, man. I do think he's got a good chance to win this fight. Uh, you know, I'm taking a shot here on, on the dog. It's a big dog at plus 250, but I, I think he's going to win this fight. I, I got him to win by knockout goal. I actually think he's going to win. We'll see, though. I could be wrong, but I think at plus 250, there's value. The odds obviously open way closer. The Ozmakers thought it was a closer fight. The public doesn't think so. We'll see what happens, but I like uh, the underdog here. Next up, we have the main card. Uh, first yeah, fight. This is light heavyweight too. Topology has this one wrong. Which fight? Clinton and Bereu. Oh, they have it wrong too. Okay, yeah. thanks for. Yeah, I don't know what's with Topology. I like their website, but sometimes they do get the weights wrong. A uh, lot to keep track of, obviously. But yeah, okay, thanks, Cole. I appreciate that. All right, we'll have a we got a light heavyweight ball between Clinton and Bereu and Shamil. Are you sure about that, eh? Yeah, I just checked UFC. And they had light okay, heavyweight. All right, let's do it. Uh, light heavyweight ball between Clinton and Bereu and Shamil Gamzatov. Uh, opening odds had Gamzatov minus 270, Abreu plus 190. Right now we have Gamzatov minus 210, Abreu plus 175. Who's your pick? I think Abreu has a valid here. As a, he's going to have the size advantage coming off a win over Sam Alvey. Before that, I had the lost ankle live, but I just talked about how high I am on him. Vict, he has a win over Victor Nemkov. He has a win over Johnny Walker. He has good wins. I just haven't yep. been impressed with Gamzatov. He's coming off a PFL run. It's kind of weird because there's so many Russians in PFL and other kind of coming to the UFC for this card. Making his UFC debut, you don't really know how he's going to look. So I like Abreu by decision here. Yeah, this one's pretty close to you. I think the odds are off. Uh, I lean a little bit towards Gamzatov. He does have quite a bit of experience PFL. He had a decent run there. But he also has uh, experience fighting guys like Teddy Holder, who at one point was a good prospect, Roddy Wallace. So decent decent competition. Not great, but decent. Eddie Gordon one was pretty good. Abreu is a guy that I think should lose some weight and move to 185. Um he is a talented guy. He has good wins, like you said, Cole. Johnny Walker's a nice win. Victor Nemkov's a nice win. Sam Alvey's a solid win, although it wasn't a great fight. Um, I just think that uh, Gamsov's going to be a little bit more effective with the striking. I like the fact that it's in Russia. I think that will lean towards him. Although I, I think it's kind of ironic. This guy, Abreu's nickname is the Russian Terracle, which I thought was pretty funny. He's fighting in Russia against Gamsov. But, yeah, I think close fight. I lean towards Gamsov slightly, but... Uh, pretty close fight. I don't blame you for taking the dog on this one. Next up, we have a welterweight bout between Anthony Rocco Martin and Ramazam Amiv. Opening odds had Amiv minus 135, Martin minus 105, Amiv right now minus 155, Martin plus 135. Who's your pick? I don't know why Anthony Rocco Martin's the underdog, or I really like him as the underdog here. He's coming off one loss to Damian Maya, where it was a majority decision. He almost won that fight against Maya. Even if he hasn't fought since September of last year, all his, like, he has a win over Sam Alvey mm-hmm. and and not a Tokov, which are good wins. But other than that, I'm impressed with him. Rock Martin has good wins over Sergio Moraes, Jake Matthews, Ryan LaFleur. Like, he has good wins. Been in the UFC for a while. He's proven himself as a good welterweight. I like Anthony Rocco Martin here, but as the underdog. Yeah, good fight. Like, like the matchup. 
very competitive fight. Uh, I've been high on Martin for a while. Trains at a great camp. He's dating Kayla Harrison, so they have a lot of momentum as a couple. I think uh, the fight with Maya was super close. I did pick him in that fight. I was crossing my fingers for a draw, so I wouldn't get my pick wrong. But it was a majority decision overall. Since moving to 170, he's looked really good. I think he's uh, four and one since moving to 170. So he's looked a lot better. Amiv, I, I think, is very impressive though. Seven straight wins now. He hasn't got a finish yet in the UFC, which I don't love, but he, ha I think, has looked pretty good. The year-long layoff doesn't uh, help, I don't think, here against Michael Martin, but I've just been a little bit more impressed with Amiv, I guess. Even though he hasn't been finishing his fights, I just think this guy's a solid fighter. I think he gets his hand raised call. I think he wins the decision, but it's a it's a pretty competitive fight. I think the opening odds are pretty bang on, where it's a slight lean towards Amiv. The odds are getting a little bit wider now, but uh, yeah, Amiv by decision is my pick. I'm going to see what the prop is on that. Uh, need by decision plus 100. Yeah, no value in that. I think maybe just pass on this one. It's going to be pretty close. All right, next up, we have a light heavyweight bout between Ed Herman and Kadis Ibrahimov. Opening odds had Ibrahimov minus 175, Herman plus 135. Right now, we have Ibrahimov minus 195, Herman plus 160. Who's your pick? Believe it or not, I actually like Ed Herman here. I just haven't been impressed with Ibrahimov. Like, he's coming off that loss to Dan Jung. It was Submission loss. Ed Herman's really impressive win over Pat Cummins last time out. I know he's coming out of the three laws for that, but I just think his experience, I just think Abrahimov isn't as good as what his record shows. I think Ed Herman's experience will be a factor, and I think he'll be able to grind out a decision win. Yeah, this is an interesting fight. Uh, we should mention Ibrahimov is filling in a short notice for uh, Gadzu, Murad, and Tigulov, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, He's coming off that loss to Dan Jung, but I think Dan Jung's actually a really good prospect. So I don't think it's that bad of a loss. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he was actually doing okay in that fight until the end. So the cardio hurt him, which could hurt him here too, considering it's short notice. But before that, had won almost all his fights by stoppage. He's very young, 24. And that to me is the biggest difference here. 24 to 39, cool. I know Herman's experienced. He's got 37 fights. He's been around forever since 2005, 2006. Guy's been around forever. He's fought everyone. I have a lot of respect for Ed Herman. He has a lot of good wins. I picked him in his last fight against Cummins. Liked him as an underdog there. Got the knockout in the first round, but I can't forget all the other losses he's had lately. And the 15 year age gap is just too much for me to to uh, ignore. So I got to go with Ibrahimov. I think it's possible he could stop Ed Herman. Ed Herman's pretty tough. Maybe he goes to the decision. I'm not rushing to the window to bet it, though, because, uh, again, the experience is heavily favored at, in Ed Herman's favor, but. Uh, I do think that Ibrahimov probably gets his hand raised here, either by decision or maybe by stoppage. All right, next up, we have a welterweight bout between Zalim Amadiev and Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. This is another fun fight. Amadiev, minus 265. Roberts, plus 185. Those are the openers. Right now, we have Amadiev, minus 210. Roberts, plus 175. Who's your pick? I don't know why Amadiev says I have a favorite. I do like him to win this fight. I think he might be able to knock out Danny Roberts. Rob's just coming off that knock a loss to Perea. Amadiev has really impressive uh, power. Like all his wins are by knockout, except for the loss to Max Griffin when it was a majority decision and Max Griffin ate all those punches. But in Max Griffin's top, we saw in his last fight, he can take a beating and still survive. So I think Amadiev has the power. He'll be able to knock out Danny Roberts. But if this fight goes in the second and third round, it favors Roberts a lot because Amadiev's cardio is a question mark. He kind of faded against Max Griffin, but. I think Mediev will be able to knock out Roberts in the first. This is going to be a fun fight. I, I do think this could be a contender for fighting tonight. Both guys match up pretty well. Dane Roberts is a lot of fun to watch, um, but he hasn't got his hand raised enough in the UFC for me to, to like him that much. He's 5-4, he's and four, so he does have a winning record, but lately, Cole, he's been getting 
finished. Uh, the fight with uh, Claudio Silva it was one of the best fights of the year. Go back and watch the fight if you missed it. This guy's a, he's just an exciting guy, but you know he's been finished four times in the UFC, three times by knockout. That scares the hell out of me against Amadiev, who has almost all his wins by knockout. The loss to Max Griffin, like you said, Cole, super close fight. I think I scored for him. I can't I can't remember exactly, but I think it was a super close fight that could have went either way. I don't know, like the, the you know I think the line's too high. I think you're right with that goal, but at the same time, Matt, you have eight years younger fighting in Russia. I like those advantages for him. I think he wins either decision or maybe actually he probably knocks Roberts out considering the state of Roberts' chin. Problem that is, Matt, you have by inside distance minus one ten, so there's really no value there. I don't like laying do some props, but yeah, Matt, you have minus ten is a little too high for me, but I do think he wins the fight. All right, let's get into the uh, main event here. Alexander Volkov against Greg Hardy. Interesting fights. Opening odds, Volkov minus 175, Hardy plus 150. Right now we have Volkov minus 270, Hardy plus 230. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. Greg Hardy's getting that big step of the competition everyone wanted. Volkov hasn't fought in over a year since he got knocked out of Derek Lewis. He saw his fight over him, then he withdrew. There's rumors that as you saw it, nothing ever came of it. But Greg Hardy's... I don't know. I think Alexander Volkov wins this fight. Volkov's a better fighter. I don't know if he'll be able to knock out Hardy, but I just haven't been impressed with Hardy. He's coming off that no contest to Ben Sassoli where I, it was an okay fight. Wins over Juan Adams, Miju Smolikov, and then DQ against Alan Crowder. He hasn't fought anyone like Volkov. Volkov's going to use the jab, use his striking. I think he's going to piece up Hardy and win a decision here. This is an interesting fight. You know, I think everyone's sleeping on Greg Hardy a little bit in this fight, Cole. Um, I think this guy's dangerous as hell, man. People don't like Greg Hardy, and they, they want him cut. They don't like him. They, they hate him. But the guy is, I think, a very impressive prospect. And he's kept really busy this year, which I like. This is his fifth fight, which is crazy. But for a young young fighter, you have to remember, he's only 31, Cole. So he's one of the youngest heavyweights in the division. For a young guy who doesn't have a ton of experience, I think having five fights in one year is actually a good thing. Having said that, he only has – seven fights compared to 37 for Volkov. And to me, that is the biggest difference here is the experience. Volkov is the same age. He, he's been fighting a lot longer. He's been fighting since 2009. He was the former Bellator champion. He has some huge wins in his career. Fabrizio Verdum, Roy Nelson, Stefan Struve, Roboy Ivanov. Like this guy, he's just been in there and fought and beaten better competition. So I, I have to go with Alexander Volkov, but I'm, I'm going to say right now, I wouldn't be shocked if Greg Hardy knocks him out. I wouldn't be at all. I think Greg Hardy's better than a lot of people give him credit for because they just don't like him. But I think he's a very dangerous guy, huge knockout power, a lot of speed. I would not be surprised if Greg Hardy gets the win here, but too many factors going against him. The experience, level of competition, the fact he's fighting in Russia, and the fact he took the fight in short notice, and the fact he can't use his inhaler. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that part. But, you know, Cole, like, I, I just think – I honestly would pass on this fight. I, I know a lot of people are going to be tempted to just parlay Volkov, and he probably does win. And he probably does win pretty easily, but I just I'm a little cautious about this one, man. I, sometimes when the UFC makes these fights that you scratch your heads about, the underdog comes through. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens here. All right, time for the main event of the evening. I love this fight, and we should mention this fight is only three rounds because it was uh, short notice. It was moved from the Boston card, and then it was actually the co-main event. But once JDS got hurt, it was bumped up to the main event. You had to beat Magum and Sharapov against Calvin Cater. Three-round featherweight bout, bout. Great fight, Cole. Opening odds had Magum and Sharapov minus 270. Cater plus 190. Right now we have Magum and Sharapov minus 300. Cater plus 250. Who's your pick, man? I think the odds should be a lot closer. I think this is a lot closer fight than the odds suggest. I think so immediately values on Calvin Cater, but I like to beat Magum and Sharapov here. If this is a five-round fight, I think I'd pick Calvin Cater. I think the cardio advantage favors Cater in the later rounds. Cater's team came out and said, we want five rounds to beat, turn it down. Yeah, 
I think the beat's going to win the first two rounds. I think Cater's going to win third. I don't think either of them are going to get a finish. They're both tough guys, both tough guys to finish. But I like to be by a decision here. Great fight. Love this matchup. Awesome matchup. Two fantastic fighters. Magomed Sharapov has been highly tethered for a while. He's really young, 28. 13-fight win streak. He's looked great in the UFC. Jeremy Stevens, Brandy Davis, Kyle Blockniak, Shamer Marais, Mike Santiago. Just looked amazing. His ground game is ridiculous. His striking is really good. Um, trains at a great camp. He's just an awesome fighter, man. Great prospect. But Calvin Cater, Cole, is super impressive as well to me. 23 record, so he's got more experience. He's been fighting forever. Fought in the league XC, for God's sakes. He's been around forever. Um, looked good in the UFC. He's 4-1. Knocked out Ricardo Lamas. Knocked out Chris Fishcole. Knocked out Shane Burgos. Beat Andre Philly. Lost to McCaniel, but uh, McCaniel's solid. So, you know, that win over Burgos especially, that looks good right now, Cole, because Burgos is a great fighter. Um, I think this is a super close fight. I think there is value in the dog at plus 250, but I'm going to pick Magnus Sherpov. I just think he's the, the more talented guy. Um, and I think the fact that it's in Russia in three rounds favors him as well, Cole. If it was five-round fight, Cole, I think I might pick Cater too. But it's three rounds, and I think he could probably grind off two of the three rounds. I just wouldn't bet him in minus 200. I don't think there's value there. I, I think that there is value at plus 250. And Cater, I just can't I can't pick him. I just think Magdalene and Sherpop wins. So we'll see what happens. Great fight. I would have preferred a, a five-round fight than three rounds, but it is what it is. Overall, Cole, I, I think a pretty solid card, man. I do see quite a bit of upset potential in this card, so definitely tread cautiously if you're uh, putting your money on this one, but uh, it should be a really good card. All right, let's do Bellator 233. Guess what, Cole? No odds for Bellator. <laughs> shocker there. Big shocker there. Okay, let's go to this card. Uh, there's some good fights in this card. Main event of the evening, midway boat, John Salter against Costello Vanstinas. Uh, what do you think about this file? This Van Stevens guy is a very good prospect, and Salter is an experienced veteran. Who do you like here? I like John Salter. I think he's going to use his wrestling. Van Stevens comes from that kickboxing background. He's a striker. There's no question this classic striker versus grappler. Salter is a good striker, though. Like He has good wins, but if you look at all his wins, they're all ground and pound or submission wins. I think that's what's going to happen here. I think he's going to take Van Stevens down. I think he might be able to submit him. Van Stevens, though, is a good prospect, and I wouldn't be surprised if he catches Salter. Salter has been finished before, but. I don't know. I just like Salter by a submission or a TKO on the ground. I wish we had odds for this one, but you know, Salter is a guy that I have a lot of respect for because he was in the UFC uh, about 10 years ago and he struggled and he got cut, but he's worked his way back up and now he's one of the best fighters I think in Bellator's middleweight division, which isn't saying a lot because their middleweight division is very weak, but he's still a very good fighter. Um, Vencinas, though, uh, younger guy, 27 to 34. He's a really good striker, like you said, Cole. He's looked good in Bellator, four straight wins. Beat Chris Honeycutt, which I think proved he can beat a wrestler. And he knocked on Mike Shipman. I do favor uh, Vince Tinnitus in this fight. Wish we had odds for it. Don't know what the odds are going to look like. Definitely close, I've had, if I had to imagine. But uh, I lean forward Vince Tinnitus a little bit. Uh, your boy, King Mo, who you did an interview with, fighting Andrew Kappel in a – I don't understand. Why are they doing a catchweight at 195? Like, if it's his retirement fight, why didn't they just do 205 or even heavy? Why 195? I don't – I don't understand what Bellator's fascination is with catchweight boats. Like, it's it's really weird to me. Anyways, King Mo in his last fight of his career against Andrew Kappel, who do you like? So I actually talked to both of them and asked both of them why it's 195. King yeah. Mo basically said that's what Bellator offered. Andrew said it's because he's a natural middleweight, and he says King Mo can't cut down a middleweight, and he doesn't want to fight at 205 because he'd be too small. So that was kind of the thing. So it's an interesting fight because King Mo hasn't looked good as of late. Andrew Cavill's kind of this unknown guy. I think Mo's, King Mo's going to be a huge favorite. And yeah. King Mo's been knocked out a ton. 
Cavill has fought some tough guys. He fought Anthony Smith on the regional scenes after Smith got cut by the UFC the first time around. But I just think Kigmo's wrestling. I just think he's going to really grind out a wrestling thing, take Cavill down, use his wrestling, use his ground and pound to get a win. But Cavill even made it to me. He's like, I'm being paid to lose here. Like, I'm being brought in to lose. Bellator doesn't believe in me. No one believes me. I'm going to win. But he's like, Kigmo has a chance. I might be able to knock him out. But I like Kigmo by decision, probably, by just using his wrestling. Yeah. Definitely a weird matchup. These guys never fought in Bellator before. They signed him to fight King Mo in his last fight. Like you'd imagine, they want him to lose and they want King Mo to get a win. But the the chain of King Mo scares the hell out of me. Call three straight knockout losses. Four of his last five losses by knockout. Um, there's a reason he retired. I don't like when fighters retire and come back, especially in this situation where he came back a few months later. I get that he wants to go out and he's fighting in Oklahoma, so you know that means something to him. But I don't know, Cole. I mean. Listen, I'm going to pick King Mo. I think he probably wins the decision. Maybe he finishes this guy, but, you know, I would keep an eye on Capel by knockout if there's a prop for that or inside the distance because I do think there's a chance he can knock Mo out. I just don't trust Mo's chin at this point in his career. Uh, women's feathery boat, Leslie Smith against Arlene Blencow. Who do you like here? I like Leslie Smith. I just like her experience, who she's fought. She looked good in her last fight against uh, Sinead Kavanaugh on her Peltor debut. She has good wins. She's win over like Irene Aldana. She's fought tough guys. Win over Jennifer Maya, Raquel Pennington. Blenkel's been in Bellator for a while, running that featherweight division. Has a split decision loss to Julia Budd, which is really impressive. She's obviously really good. I think this is 100% number one contender fight. Winner of this is going to fight winner of Cyborg Budd. But I just like Leslie Smith's experience, but I wouldn't be surprised if Blenkel pulls off an upset win here because I imagine Smith would probably be the favorite. Yeah, I think this fight's going to be competitive for sure. Um, I, I'm assuming the winner gets maybe the next title shot. Or maybe they fight Katz and Gano for that title shot. I don't know. I like Smith, too, though, with the experience goal. But uh, she definitely has holds in her game. Her striking defense is not very good. She gets clipped a lot in her fights. But uh, that volume striking attack, man, I think that could be the difference here. And her toughness is off the charts. So my pick's Leslie Smith to win the decision. Uh, next up, this one's interesting as well. Heavy about Terrell Fortune against Azuna. And any Anwu, who do you like here? I like Tyrell Fortune. I'm extremely high on him as a heavyweight prospect. He's good on the ground, good striking. I just think this is a fight Tyrell Fortune's going to look good in. Get a win over a former UFC guy. Get a stoppage win and moves way up the heavyweight division ranks. I think he's a legitimate threat to a lot of the heavyweights in Bellator. Yeah, I, you got to go with Tyrell Fortune. I mean, this guy is, uh, like you said, Cole, tremendous prospect. Trains at a great camp. Uh, Black Zillion's uh, guy. Um, or whatever it's called now. And uh, the guy has got obviously great wrestling. Uh, his finishing power is, is pretty good too. Really good prospect. And, and Yanyu, I feel bad for this dude because, cool, he had one fight in the UFC. He knocks out Greg Rebello to get in the UFC, loses a splitter to Justin Ledette, and then gets cut. Like, to me, that's not really a fair by the UFC. They didn't give him much of a run. I know the Ledette fight was boring as hell, but they should have given him one more fight. This dude's tough. This is a good step up for Terrell Fortune, but I think the wrestling is going to be the difference. Well, he takes him down and wins by TKO ground and pound. Uh, just looking down the card here, we have Kyle Kruckner against Antonio Jones. Kruckner, if I'm not mistaken, is an AKA guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's Cormier's boy. I, I'm assuming you're picking him here, obviously. Yeah, I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think he's going to win this fight. Dominant wrestling, either going to get a submission or a TKO win on the ground. Yeah, and Jones coming off two losses. To be fair, one was to Edmund Shabazian, who's amazing, and the other is to Bill Fleury, who's a good prospect, but it's pretty clear they're bringing this guy into lose here against Kruckmer. Uh, how about this fight? This one's interesting. Uh, Julius Anglicus, who was on Contender Series against Jordan Young. Julius was cut after winning his fight against Carl Reed. I think they should have signed him. He's on a six-fight win streak. Takes on Jordan Young, who is uh, 
undefeated at 11 and 0. Who do you like in this one? An interesting fight. Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. I'm surprised Bellator did that. Two prospects they could really build on their matchup right away. I like Glickus though. I've just been more high on him. He had a good performance. I think he should already be in the UFC. I just didn't like. They, Dana White just doesn't like when they don't get a finish, but that was a dominant performance in Glickus. I think he's going to get a decision win here. Yeah, definitely an interesting one. Uh, this, I mean, just looking down the card, Janae Harding is the man in Bell. Any thoughts on that fight? Yeah, I like Jenna Harding here. I just think she's more, she's better. I just think it, Bellator's featherweight division, I think, is obviously way better than the UFC. You have Julia Budd, you have Chris Cyborg. But after the first kind of four, it takes a major hit. And this is what you're going to see, like Jen Harding, Amanda Bell. Like, they're not, they're kind of up there. Like, they're probably in the top five of the women's featherweight division. But I just like Jenna Harding here. Yeah, you got this guy, Aaron McKenzie, who is on Reddit all the time. He's been posting about his fight. Um, he's making his Bellator debut. And one other fight worth mentioning, Logan Storley against EJ Brooks. And he thought on that one, Logan Storley, I'm surprised he's down this down low on the card. Logan Storley has been on main cards. I don't know what Bellator does with him. He's one of their best. Like he should have been in the welterweight Grand Prix. Like he is a very good welterweight. His wrestling is second to none. Like he's going to win this fight very impressively. And I don't know why he's this far low on the card. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that one as well. Um, any uh, anything else you want to talk about, Cole? Because obviously we've done the previews. Anything else? Something. That did, what do you think of? Uh, I know you talked about it in your other podcast. What do you think of Rosenstruck over him? Well, I mean, I called it yesterday. I think it's a fight that makes a lot of sense. I do favor – actually, I don't even know my favor. I think I was talking about it already. That's a close fight, Cole. You know, Overeem has the experience. Rosenstruck's got the knockout power. He's got the uh, the youth to him, 31 to 39. I don't know. Who do you like in that one, man? It's tough. Who do you think? I got to look into it more. I wouldn't be surprised if Rosenstruck knocked out Overeem, but I wouldn't be surprised if Overeem just overwhelmed Rosenstruck and got a – when like some like the Pavlich would where Pavlich was so hyped up and Overeem just really sh- like dominated him. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Anything else? Or what do you think of did you talk about this on the podcast? I have watched yet the uh, Thomas Gifford getting released. I didn't mention that. Okay, so that one I didn't talk about. I forgot. Um, I know you brought this to my attention yesterday. So yes, Thomas Gifford, the guy who got the absolute crap beaten out of him by uh, Mike Davis, was released by the UFC after two straight losses to Roosevelt Roberts and Mike Davis. He's on his uh, social media saying it's God's uh, path in his life to cut him. Listen, man, I, I, res- I respect this dude. Like, he is not a great fighter, Cole, and he's super tough, and he made it to the UFC. But to me, he's one of those guys that had his moment in the UFC, and I, I don't ever see him being back in the UFC. He's not good enough fighter. Maybe Bellator signs him. Actually, I think he could do well in Bellator. I think they could build him a little bit because he could fight lower-ranked guys. But, I mean, this guy, he's not a UFC caliber fighter, and – it's a it's the right move to cut him. What do you think? Yeah, it's tough to come after that loss after what everything happened. Like I'm surprised they just didn't give him one more just to be like, hey, just try to go out there and get a win. But he's not used to Calvary. Showed in both fights. He was dominated. It I don't I think he basically in the post had him back to the regional season. I think that's good for him. Go to the regional scenes, get three, four, five wins, and then maybe Bellator, maybe someone like that starts to look at you and said and maybe get signed, but I think he needs a lot of work. He's had a good camp with Mark Montoya. Like, I think he will improve, but right now he's not UFC caliber at all. Yeah, I agree. There's a few other fights that I, I've talked about on my shows the last few days, but I wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on them. Um, what do you think of this one, Cole? Cyril gone against Tanner Boser. I don't understand it. You're kind of killing off a heavyweight prospect and you need him. I, it's kind of interesting. Like, I don't really know. Obviously, gone is the more impressive guy. He's coming off a bunch of wins. But Boser is experience like this is gonna be a tough fight for gone he uses those leg kicks really well he fights a really smart game plan goes to decision wins a lot but that's how he 
gas out people. It's going to be really interesting, but I'm surprised it got made. And on such a, like, a low-level card, like, I don't know what they're doing with God. Like, I think they could really build him up. And they put him on three cards that don't like that aren't getting a lot of views. Like you put him on the Uruguay card, you put him on the Singapore card, and I put him on the South Korea card. Two of those were in the middle yeah. of the night. I'm with you. Like, why is he not fighting UC two forty five? Why not? Put him in Vegas. It's it's strange to me. This fight's one week later. Like they couldn't have put him in Vegas Cole. Even the same fight. That card needs a few more fights. So uh, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not really following the UFC's way they're promoting this guy because I, th- I think Cole, this kid could be a future champion. I really do think he's that good. Um, did I get your thoughts on uh, Jeff Neal against Mike Perry? Uh, I don't know if yeah. I talk- I got your thoughts? Okay. Um, and the other other fight, I saw. I talked about this one today. Omar Akhmedov against Ian Heinish. That's at UFC 245. Any thoughts on that one? That's a really interesting fight. Ian Heinish obviously had a lot of hype and then kind of, it was surprising because his cardio, he was known for his cardio. He gas against Derek Brunson. That was the exact opposite of everyone thought. Yeah. Like Madoff's pretty good. It's it's I don't really have a favorite or pick right now. I, I have to look more into it, but it's a really close fight and a really interesting fight because whoever loses that probably out of the top fifteen and gonna have to work their way up, and the other one gets a big boost into the rankings. Yeah, I agree. Uh, tell me about your interview with uh, with Jake Shields. I want to hear about this one. Yeah, so I was texting Jake Shields all week because I talked to him quite often, and basically I was he was asking if I was in New York and he wanted to see if. I do an interview with him before and I'm like, no, I'm not. We can do one after. And then after the whole entire thing, like it's, so we talked about Nate's cut. He basically said he saw Nate backstage and on the TV he said that cut shouldn't have been stopped. Saw him backstage and he's like, that cut shouldn't have been stopped. And what the entire thing of what Nate's camp was mad about was the cut wasn't any worse from the first round to the third round. So why was it stopped then? And their entire game plan, he said was, Give Mos- Mosel's going to win the first two rounds. Just don't get finished. You're going to win the third, fourth, fifth. The third round was a lot closer. You saw the momentum starting to swing, and that's what they're really disappointed in. They thought it would have been a lot better. And then we talked his career. It's coming out there later. He said he's focused on grappling. He's a free agent. If something comes up, comes up. He's never officially retired. He says that he doesn't know if he ever will officially retire. But And then we talked about Dylan Dennis and grappling yeah. because Dylan Dennis has basically called out a bunch of people. He calls out Jake Shields, and he says, Dylan Dennis doesn't want to grapple any of these top guys. He just acts like it, and he's not the best grapple in MMA. He's far from it. And he basically said he'll grapple Dylan Dennis and shut him up again if he needs to. What else do you say about Dylan? I, I, that little comment made. What do you say? Oh, he uh, said he calls everyone out when he's doing coke at night, and then when he wakes up, he realizes he shouldn't have called everyone out because he's going to get shut up and lose. Yeah, I saw you say that. That's, that's pretty funny stuff. I've got a couple of questions here. Marcus and Brandon have some questions. If anyone wants to throw a few questions and do it now before we uh, finish the show. We'll go with Marcus first. Marcus, thanks. Always appreciate the uh, the questions, Marcus. Appreciate it, bud. Do you think Corey Anderson should get John Jones next over Reyes? I think Corey should get it because his four-fight win streak has better quality opponents. Reyes should fight Anthony Smith. It looks like Dana White has confirmed the Reyes fight. Um, he said in an interview with TMZ, Reyes is going to get the matchup. So it looks like that's next. I don't think UFC still likes Corey Anderson. I know they gave him a bonus, which he deserved. Obviously, but I still feel like he's in their doghouse a little bit. Which, when you're in the UFC's doghouse, I think it's hard to get a title shot call if you don't have that big name. Corey Anderson got a big win against Johnny Walker. He looked amazing in that fight, no doubt about it. I'm, you're, I'm with you, Marcus. He does have a better uh, overall record in UFC ten and four. He beat Glover Teixeira, which is a better win than Chris Weidman on paper. Glover Teixeira is a highly ranked guy, and now he beat Johnny Walker. But at the same time, Reyes six and zero, undefeated. He is a natural light heavyweight. He's finishing everyone. 
I'm fine with the race getting the title shot against Jones, and then I'd like to see Smith against Corey Anderson. What are your thoughts, Cole? So I may be in a minority here, right? So John Jones made it clear he doesn't want to fight Dominic Reyes. It doesn't interest him. Why is no one talking about Jan Blachowicz? If he knocks out Jacques Ray Souza, that's two huge wins. Everyone thought he was getting it after the Luke Rockhold knockout. If he goes out and knocks out Jacques Ray Souza, I think he passes both of them. What about Jacques Ray wins? I don't know. He is a name. Like No one talks about that fight. Everyone just talks about Ray Anderson. And that fight, I think, has title implications all over it. Yeah, you know what? They probably are waiting for that fight. It's next weekend. So, I mean, might as well wait one more week at this point for Jones, especially when we don't have a schedule for uh, 2020 yet. So I'm with you, Cole. I think they might be waiting for that fight. I think, you know, I think the odds are out for that. I think Jacques Ray is a good chance to win that fight. The odds are kind of lopsided, actually, in Blachowicz's favor. You got Blachowicz minus 210, Jacques Ray minus, plus 175. Don't be surprised if Suza wins that fight. Close one. Here's another question. Brandon Ballyu, will Cater's boxing win in the end? It could. It could. It could, uh, Brandon. If the fight was five rounds, I would pick Calvin Cater because I do think he's got the better gas tank, Cole. And we've seen Magomed Sherpov kind of tire out the fight with uh, – um, Kyle Bokniak, he got really tired in that third round. He was getting teed off on. This, hey, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he lost, man. I'm telling you, Cater is a great fighter, dude. Great boxing. You think this guy uh, is, is on to something with the boxing? Yeah, I think I wouldn't be it, I wouldn't be surprised if Cater TKO's to beat in the third round to beat Gasses. Like Cater's good and he's tough to finish. Like all that spinny stuff that Sabit does, that gasses him. And I don't think Cater's gonna fall for it. Like I think Cater's a smart guy. His fight IQ is smart, but just him traveling to Russia, this fight being in Russia, like that's why I favors a beat, but I would not be shocked if Kelvin Cater won this fight. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, let me just get a double check here to see if I missed anything. Um, I think we got everything, Cole, everything we want to talk about today. If I miss anything, I'll do it tomorrow on the podcast. Oh, the last thing I want to mention, the doctor at UFC 244 getting death threats and stuff. Any thoughts on that? I mean, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is the one doing that, so – you know, I don't know who's actually doing this. Any thoughts? Like, grow up. Don't do it. Like, what are you doing? They're going on is like, where he's actually a doctor and leaving, like, bad Yelp reviews. So now his rating is bad. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, come on. You're affecting this guy's personal life now and his job. Like, Yeah. I'm like, with you. It's dumb. But at the same time, MMA fans are crazy sometimes. And, again, I personally didn't agree with the stoppage. I thought it was a little too soon. And I, I'm with Jake Shields. What was the difference between the, the middle of round one and two? In the middle of round two and three, then middle of round three and four. I think the cut was the same, personally. It looked like they said that he was taking too much damage. I think uh, apparently Dan Merliotta said that he, was gonna, he wanted the fight stopped if Nate didn't mount a comeback. Kind of weird reason. I don't know what's with Dan Merliotta. He's been kind of strange lately as well. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Cole. Grow up. All right, Cole, plug yourself, man. At Twitter, at ColeShell91, just like I mentioned, interviews with King Mo, Jake Shields. King Mo's out. What and Jake Shields out? I'm going to have others this week. Uh, talk to John Salter and Andrew Cal for sure dog. Everything else will be on my Twitter. Cool. All right. You guys can check me on Twitter at MMA Martin podcast, MMAoddsbreaker.com, YouTube channel, MMAoddsbreaker. Like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. The podcast also available on Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. Please subscribe at iTunes. If you could leave a positive review, I appreciate it as well, guys. Trying to grow the podcast. Anyone's listening right now, you guys obviously like it. So appreciate it. We just talk about MMA. Me and Cole love talking about MMA. I love talking about MMA. Uh, also check me out at bjpen.com MA race on net. One last question here, Marcus. Last one before we end the show: Who should Shabazz and fight next? I think we both said uh, Derek Brunson yesterday. Yeah, I think yeah, he, I think just anyone in the top ten. But yeah, I think the six to ten range. You're not getting a top five guy. 
Yeah, Marcus, we did this yesterday with Shabazin. I think uh, we both agreed on Derek Brunson, possibly Uriah Hall. I think both those fights make sense for him. So appreciate the questions, guys. If you want, you can email me questions at Adam underscore Martin 13. I'll have a lot of call. Send it to my personal email anytime you want to have a question answer or send me on Twitter. Guys, appreciate it. Once again, I'll, I'll be back tomorrow for the Wednesday edition of the podcast. Cool. Thanks for joining me. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.